It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 200. 200 for the start of June 2022. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me, as always, is my fellow co-host, Ben Salter. And I'd be remiss at this celebratory time if I didn't thank previous co-hosts, Shane Wall, Gitano Prestia, and Leo Stevenson. And they're not here, though. So, and you are. So, uh, happy anniversary, Ben. Congratulations. We've made it. Yes. 300 is crazy. Uh, I'm surprised we made it. We had a big gap for a while, but we've come back. It's just the two of us now in like a weekly slash fortnightly slash monthly sometimes, whatever we do, uh, regular is show and we made it to 200. Yes. So and, congratulations. And as usual, we don't have facts. We don't have organization. So we're, we're basically half-assing this, this celebratory, mm. uh, podcast, but you know, it is what it is, right? Or unless you have a well, better that's idea. It. Well, as you say, we, we had some, we used to be a five-man show and we had some great times with our co-hosts. Uh, we didn't get any of them on because we're poor at arranging things and we probably should have. We, we should note that we did have Gaetano and uh, Shane on the Lost episodes about a year and a half ago for the launch of the Xbox One and the PS5. I'm not sure if we ever mentioned this on the show. This is technically should be episode 202. Uh, we had two other episodes. Those guys were involved. And there was a small incident in which they were not actually recorded. So we just had a fun chat on Zoom, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. It's totally my fault. I'm an idiot. And uh, unfortunately, there's not much we can do to fix idiocy. Uh, we had a great time mm. catching up. Uh, it was yeah. just a, a, a personal, uh, very, uh, what's the word I want? Like uh, was a, intimate, yeah. it was an intimate uh, meetup that was for us and no one else, and uh, hopefully That's we right. can do a, a proper one. <laughs> it, for... it was very 2020, but we we do have a, a big milestone coming up in December of this year. Will be our 10th anniversary. So this is our 200th episode, but we also celebrate 10 years in December. So perhaps we'll use that to all get together in person and do a special reunion show of sorts. We definitely should. Um, and I guess with that in mind, we, we, we're not going to be too self-indulgent, I don't think, but we're going to go through a little bit of a history, a, a trek through time, if you uh, will permit us, of the, the Friendly Fire show. Actually, the Friendly Fire cast, because yeah. on the 10th of December 2012, that's when the, the, uh, the mighty giants of Melbourne games outlets, Stavivor and MMGN, joined forces for the, the first ever Friendly Fire cast. Uh... And it was good. It was. I actually listened to this today, so most of it I just skipped through some bits because I was getting a bit bored. But uh, most of it was is good. Um, I was surprised at the quality because after that episode, the the audio quality really drops. I think we moved to some iPhones or uh, the MMGN office was really echoey. So even when we eventually got good gear. It was like this massive space that was broken up into meeting rooms, but they didn't have a ceiling on them. So it was like the, the sound just bounced out. Um, but the first one's not so bad. And we actually had a different theme song in the first episode. So uh, I can't, I've forgotten what it is already, but it was like a mass up, mashup of the, the, the sound you still use for Survivor videos with like some friendly fire dialogue put in. I don't know where that came from. Oh, um, I'm imagining different. Shane cobbled that together. So thanks, Shane. Um, no, it was Leo. We had no Shane wasn't in in that point. So oh, that's I, right. I think oh, Leo my... must have edited. Yeah, because there were we used to use heaps of audio tracks. So someone would say something, and then he would clip in like a. I forgot about this. Would clip in like a little sound effect from The Simpsons or Mario or something, which was like 
based on what we said. Like you mentioned in the first episode that your fingers were too fat to use like a touchscreen somewhere. And he put in the Simpsons like, please, you know, mash your keypad if you need a special dialing one, like stuff like that. Uh, we got some fan feedback after the first episode that the audio clips were too loud compared to the actual show because it was like mass. And that, that was true. Fair feedback. Uh, and we had the secret sound, which was the game we would play of a sound clip, which we couldn't actually hear in the show. And we all pretended every episode like, oh, that's a good one. Uh, and then it would get put in in post. And then people had to like comment saying what the sound was. And the next episode, we would talk amongst ourselves, having not read the comment, to see if we could guess. And we never could. Uh, and people did eventually guess them, normally just in the MMGN comments. And they would say what it was. And they would get it before us every time. We're like, I don't think we ever really got it. Isn't it insane how much work we put into the podcast and now we don't? Like, yeah, nah. early days. We don't do any <laughs> games anymore. We had a lot of games. Like, there was that. There was the game we had that had an excellent intro, which is why we played it, because Tano stuffed it up. And he tried to do the Godfather quote and he like messed it up and he said at the end, is that the quote? And it actually <laughs> worked really well because the game was, what is this quote from? What game is this quote from? So we only, like the, the game wasn't that good because we never came up with that good of a quote because we're trying to always link it to like recent news and stuff. So you guess like Resident Evil news, so it must be a Resident Evil game. Uh, but we just played it because it was a great intro and we should bring that back if it's saved anyway. We should actually. I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely should. Uh, so the, yeah. the first episode of the Friendly Fire cast, we talked about the Wii U, which I thought was hilarious. Mm. Um, the second episode, which followed seven days later, because we were a weekly uh, format at that time, um, had it had a the, the new theme, the current the theme current that Shane theme. created. So that's been in 199 episodes. Yeah. Each. Well, probably Plus more. I think we've probably put in more extra ones. We're, we're technically past 200, but that's fine. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to jump forward a bit because we're not going to do every single episode. The 24th of May, 2013 is when we changed the name of the podcast to the Friendly Fire Show. Conveniently enough, we talked about the Wii U with episode one. With episode 20, which we called episode 20-1 because we thought we were funny, we were talking about the Xbox One. That, was, like, that sounds funny. I, <laughs> I don't know that we did change it then. I feel like we changed it at 42 when Shane joined, but potentially not. Oh, maybe we. Maybe I just went back and changed the name. I don't know. I can't remember. Mm. Um, the good thing is, if you really want to really relive all of these, you know, trips down memory lane, you can go to the the website, and it's they're all there to listen to. Uh, if you can get past the terrible echoey audio quality, uh, which some of them are good, eventually we fix. Eventually, yeah. Well, so so uh, Shane joined in episode forty-two. That's why I thought that's when we changed to a show, and that's when the audio massively improved because we got proper mics and we got like a proper recording desk, and he knew how to use it, and we didn't really it didn't matter because he was there. So he was essentially became our fifth host and producer, in that he just told us what to do, and these are the levels. Um, still had an echoey office, so it wasn't really until we moved out of there that it improved again. I think we hijacked a training room at your old office that we just kind of said, this is our podcast studio. We and did. no one seemed to care ever. It worked fine. Oh, they did. Um, I just kind of tried to deal with all of the complaints uh, outside of the group. So no mm. one felt like it was a big deal. But yeah, no, I got in no, trouble no. a couple times for that. But then they laid me off. So like, bugger them. Okay. Um, okay. We'll get we'll get to more layoffs later on. But before that, uh, I was really quite keen on uh, episode, I think it was 100 conveniently enough uh in 2015 so three years after we started we've we've kind of the cadence of our podcast seems to go up and down depending on 
the, the time of the year or the time of the pandemic, perhaps. Uh, anyway, episode 100 was from Las Vegas, and it was just after we went to E3, which we'll talk about later on. And it was just after my uh, bachelor party, which was exceedingly oh, yeah. crazily fun. And it was just good times. And that was literally half half a podcast show ago, episode 100, uh, with the five of us having fun, which was cool. Before you were a married man was episode 100, and it's taken us this long. I don't know how long your marriage feels, but that's how long it takes to do 100 episodes. Seven years on the 4th of July, so it's it's been a while. Hmm. Uh, E3 stuff. You wanted to talk about E3 stuff. That was always the yeah, best well, time. It still is only, always the best time. They're, they were the, they're the worst quality episodes because, again, we didn't take all the gear with us. So it was like just after we got proper mics and we went back to using, I think we used like a blue mouth mic for one of them all huddled around it. And I think one we may have used an iPhone again. Uh, and they're like two-part episodes. So I can't remember which way around it was. I feel like 2014 we did it from like that hotel across from the convention center. And we had like an outrageous number of Bud Lights, which we shouldn't have done. Uh, and we did like this gigantic podcast. Doesn't sound like us. Nah. But that was good fun. I think we had to have a break in the middle to be like, because we, that, there was so much stuff to talk about back then at E3 as opposed to like the last few E3s when there's been so little. Because um, it was like new console time. It was still pretty big show. It wasn't open to the public yet. And it was, yeah, it was fun to have a group of people and we could actually go see stuff and then talk about it while we were there as opposed to, we'll still do one this year for non E3, but it will be, you know, at our own homes, having watched the stream, it's not as exciting as actually being there. So we got to do two. The second one, I can actually remember we were upstairs in one side of the west side or the east side of the convention center. And we found like a little nook and we just said, let's just sit here and do it. I can't remember why we didn't go back to like, I think we're staying at the same place, but we just decided to do it there. We probably had somewhere to go. And we're like, let's I'm not going to blow off this free bar tab somewhere for the, <laughs> the podcast. Let's do the podcast now. Uh, but it's got some atmosphere. Or maybe it's because we wanted to say if we're live in E3. I think I just wanted to get it out of the way and done with. And I think one Probably. time my laptop ran out of power and we couldn't find like a PowerPoint or something happened. Oh, and yeah. we like got through half a recording and it didn't work either. But uh, if if something doesn't get recorded, it's definitely always my fault on this uh, show, for better or for worse. Oh yeah, <laughs> episode 122 kind of marked a finale that like was a, a very short uh, finale because sadly MMGN shuttered and you and Tano lost your full time uh, paid jobs as as games people, which yeah, was sad. It is, it, Just want to rub I that mean, in in your face. I guess. We uh, <laughs> we both have jobs now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. This was 2016, so a long time ago. Um, but yeah, like there's there are so few paid games journalist jobs now in Australia. There were a few back then, to be honest. Uh, but it was it's always sad to lose some. One of the only places at the time that still had two full time staff that was fully Australian based, so it wasn't just an office for a US or a European site. Uh, and now there's like they're basically none. Yeah, um, and it was established so long ago. You had like an actual like community who would go on forums and like yeah. into comments and not just be like the worst of the internet coming in to say that they hated things like it was like an actual good group of people doing things commenting on the secret yeah. sound etc yeah we used to get various comments about the show so that was pretty much the easiest way to do it because no one emails in it's too much work i don't email into shows that said we probably do have an email address so email in if you want to contact us uh, podcast at uh, survivor.com <laughs> there you go yeah. that's it <laughs> um so i'm sorry you don't have a 
didn't have a job back then, uh, but then you did. It was weird because you guys lost your jobs at like Super Bowl time, which was that time. Yeah. And then when I lost my job and we lost that primo podcast recording studio, that was the same time like a year later or two years later. I can't quite remember. Anyway, not important yeah. to the uh, the podcast history. I wanted to bring, uh, bring one more uh, date to our attention, which is the 28th of January, 2019. Uh, I guess in the before times, though, I guess that quickly became the, the pandemic times, uh, you and I decided to, to properly kick the Friendly Fire show back into gear with episode 132. Um, you know, sometimes off, mostly on. We've, we've been pretty regular since then, and we've gone from 132 to episode 200 in a little over, yeah. what, three years? So yay us. Yeah. I'm happy with that. That's pretty good. Um, and... So we must have we had ten or nine or ten episodes between that, which were kind of like whenever we could like ad hoc ones that we could just fit in whenever we were in the same place and we randomly decided to do one because we were not confident in our online recording abilities. It's funny to think about it now, but in like 2017, that wasn't a common thing. Like it no. was too complicated. Trying to get everyone to sound the same was really hard, uh, and that's that's by the standard of our show that was originally like recorded on a phone and we thought we can't even get that level on the internet so how far we've come well i i'm still tweaking with how this comes across to people's ears and like i will fully admit i am not an audio engineer so uh a million thousand thank yous to shane wall for everything he did to make this sound good and like a million more apologies for destroying everything he built up with my horrendous attempts um but Ben, it's been it's been a fantastic 200 episodes. I am honored and humbled to have spent most of that time with you. I think we've both had on and off. You know, we're not we, we haven't been here for 200 each. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm so happy that we've done it, and I'm like keen for 200 more. Uh, absolutely 100% on our own schedule, though. So like in 2047, maybe we'll like celebrate episode 400. We'll see how it goes. We'll get there. No, we're pretty we're pretty regular now. And we're going to kind of stick to that. So that's our goal. We've got to have a goal to stick with. Uh, but yeah, it's been a it's been a great time, and it's weird going back to listen to some early ones today just to kind of see what we did and what we talked about. Uh, for anyone else who's ever done a podcast and you last almost ten years, to go back and listen to yourself and your friends from like ten years ago talking about the nonsense you talked about then, pretty similar to what we talk about now. But it's it's weird to have like a recording of those conversations because a lot of it was we actually said in our very first episode we were going to the pub every friday and talking about games so we might as well just record it and that yep. is where the podcast came from and it's it's kind of having your friday afternoon pub session recorded every week for like three years it's essentially what we have there uh all the game chat so we had a lot of stuff to say about games it's pretty much all we talked about for that time and that's definitely changed since um, it's weird because like I couldn't imagine doing a five-person show on the internet. It would be chaos. No. But also like it was so much fun doing a five-person in-person show. But also probably chaos. So I don't know. Yeah, well, like, there are some there are some chaotic episodes. But yeah, it's something you need to do in person for that many people. Uh, but we we rarely had all five. There was always someone away. Gaetano was normal. We, he he became at some point I think around episode like seventeen or something. We called him out as special guest star because he was so rarely there and that was an ongoing joke for the next hundred episodes and we never knew until he was there until the end of the show uh even in the first episode he says like halfway through all right gents i need to leave in 10 minutes like mid recording <laughs> and you throw back to him to kind of say well what do you want to talk about like you're leaving 
And then he stayed until the end. So like he's like, oh, you know, I'll just stay. That's how uh, it goes. My favorite moment from when we were recording in the Rialto at my old uh, job, we I had to wrap us up really quickly because I'm like, I have a hockey game at Docklands. It's like 20 minutes down the road. Like, we'll, we'll do a normal thing. I had like my quarter of the, the slab of beer that we bought ran through the city to get to hockey on time, was drunk off my face, and got a hat trick. And I'm like, I guess I should play every hockey game absolutely drunk off my face, which is not a recommendation. Please don't do that. But that's one of my favorite moments. Um, I'm putting you on the spot then, but do you have something similar? Do you want me to vamp for a second? Hmm. Well, no, it's like every, every show, I think we had a few... There was one that I just kind of saw again today where we did it in a pub because we were like, let's just record here on our phone. And we made fun of it at the start because you could hear other people just chatting behind us. And was I think it's episode 17. Don't go back and listen to that because it's just ridiculous that we even did that. But that was just, uh, I think we decided to blow it off that week. We're like, let's just go back to our old schedule. Forget the podcast. And then when we were there, we realized we're just talking about games again. Let's just record this, which was the original idea. But terrible content you can't get away with that in 2022 but well, and it was cheaper to get the slab and go to like a quiet well quiet slash yeah. echoey room so there you go we're idiots uh you were saying that we're gonna get to probably episode 400 sooner than than later and i think we might have to do like a special like 201st episode next week possibly because summer games fest summer game fest even though it's like the coldest day in melbourne ever right now uh is about to kick off so there's stuff starting this Friday in Australian time on the 3rd of June. I'm not going to get into, well, I don't think we're going to get into all the things, but there's like four, in my mind, key things that are occurring. And I guess I just wanted to run through them with you, Ben, to see what you thought. Um, the first is probably equally anticipated and like doesn't matter. It's the PlayStation VR 2 and third party game state of play. Sony's been very, very careful to tell people mm. like we're not doing any God of War as an example. Uh, that will take place on. The 3rd of June, uh, Australian time at 8 in the morning, Australian Eastern Standard. With all of those kind of uh, conditions put in place, Ben, what are you excited for this one? Well, not really because of the conditions. Like, Sony's bangers are their first-party games, and they probably will have something for VR too. Like, it's not going to be all third-party there. Um, but they're very clear. Like, God of War is their only big hit coming out this year. We still don't know that for sure. It doesn't have a release date. Uh so I was kind of thinking they might try to announce that date relatively soon, but evidently not. Um, so I don't know what we're going to see. We're just going to see their partners who aren't doing their own show put up some stuff, as they normally would in E3. They'd often book a spot in Sony or Xbox or Nintendo showcase to kind of show off their games. Um, it sounds like we're getting that bit without Sony's first-party stuff. Is that how you're reading this? I think so. And like, um, from we'll, we'll get into like what's been you know, confirmed, but we don't have like a Square Enix Presents this year as an example, so I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see like Final Fantasy 16? 16, or 7 Part 2 as part of the Sony presentation. Like, I don't know what else there really is. Like, I don't, I can't think of anything huge that we don't know about already. So maybe like even Forspoken from, from Square Enix, because that's still coming yeah. out. It was delayed. We don't know much about it. Like, nothing that's making me like terribly excited to be honest and i'm still not a huge fan of, of vr with all the cables and all the setup takes and all the space needed so i don't know what what about you what do you think we're gonna see i have no idea i would love to see final fantasy 7 part 2 because it's 
when you when they sold that game to us as coming in multiple parts, it kind of felt like they needed to come pretty closely, like 18 months or so after each other. And now it's been, you know, getting on three years. So we need to see something. Um, and at least tell us how many parts this game is going to be. Like, is it a two-part or is it a ten-part? Or like, what are we waiting for? Um, like, it should take much less time to make the next part because they've already built the engine and the assets and everything. It's just kind of it's still going to take a while, but not as long. So that's what I'd like to see. I don't think we will necessarily because everything is delayed at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I like it's whatever Sony has the marketing deal for, which, funnily enough, is COD. So, <laughs> but that that's doing its own thing. So that probably won't be there either. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's it, it's a weird, it's not as busy as other years, but it's still busy in terms of things like that I know about that we can't talk about. You're in the same boat as me, obviously. Like, we know some things that are happening. We're not going to speculate. Anything that we speculate today isn't going to be connected to anything because we're not stupid. Um, but, like, it, yeah, like, it's sort of busy but not busy enough. But, like, I don't want it to be any busier. I'm happy kind of with things being in a tight condensed window of like here's summer game fest announcements i don't want this to go on for four months but there's also because like you've said with the pandemic like it's just so hard to really figure out when your game is going to come out and you don't want to disappoint people and you know announce something that's going to come out this year but ends up in 2024 or something so yeah it's a mess yeah. anyway uh the next thing i want to talk about is a sega announcement they've called it a new project uh and it's potentially a dreamcast mini we don't really know it could be just like yak is a six or whatever number they're at right now uh that's at 9 p.m on the 3rd of june what do you wager the sega announcement is well if you go onto neogaf there uh rumor is always that microsoft is going to buy sega so it could be that <laughs> i don't think so um i would like a dreamcast mini like i think the the mini consoles kind of came as a fad and then sony did a terrible job and they kind of all just died off uh, and Nintendo kind of said, now nah, we want to lock ours behind a paywall now, basically, which Sony has now also done. So it kind of leaves a gap open for Sega if they wanted to capitalize on their old stuff. Um, and no one's really done like that generation. I guess the Dreamcast is in the PS2, Xbox generation, technically, even though it came out a bit before those. So we haven't had a mini in that era. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to see if that's what it is. That said, I think most of the good games off Dreamcast have been ported so much elsewhere, like it's three good games. It's got more than that. But like you can play stuff like Crazy Taxi on on Xbox Everything. Series X. It's, it's yeah. back and pat. So like, there's most of those games are out elsewhere now. Would you rather have a Dreamcast Mini or Dreamcast games inside the Nintendo Switch Online plus plus expansion plaque plus one? I would prefer that in something I already have. I don't think the Switch is able to like. If it was able to emulate games of that generation, then surely GameCube would be there. Um, or like they've never sold GameCube games on a virtual service before, so that might be coming potentially. Um, but yeah, that could it could be that too. Maybe they have found a way to do it via the cloud, like uh, PlayStation Plus, and Don't like Switch games that you can't be run on the Switch right now, but still come on the Switch. Like, is it is Control one of them? Yes, I think so. Anyway, yeah, um, I can't imagine that's going to be a long presentation, and I would imagine it's just going to be like the one announcement. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe Microsoft does pull the trigger. Like they're not because they're no it's tied up getting Activision they're, Blizzard, they're, so they're not. Uh, and the same thing goes for Sony. So it's it's a game or a, a console. Maybe they're going to make a Dreamcast too, like their a current gen console. They're going to they're back in. I doubt it. Uh, anyway, 
Summer Game Fest proper uh, it starts at 4 a.m. on the 10th of June, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time, of course, and is followed by Day of the Devs. Uh, they announced a whole bunch of developers and publishers taking part in the uh, live stream, and it you know ranges from like the big guns, 2K, Sony, Microsoft, Activision Blizzard, like right down to like Cuphead Studio, uh, MDHR. So it's a whole bunch of people. For like what a two-hour show, like I don't I don't know what to expect from this. It it seems like there's a lot of hype and there's probably not going to be a lot of delivery in my yeah. opinion. Previously, it seemed like publishers didn't want to put too much into this. They wanted to be involved to kind of say, oh yeah, we're there, which is why like Xbox I think is on the list, but they're not really going to do anything there because doing their they're... own thing. Yeah, but they probably have bought some ad space, so therefore Summer Game Fest lists them because to them it's all advertising. They don't really care as long as they get their money. Yeah, if it's just a, a paid ad. They're happy to throw that in. So I think that's the problem with this show is a lot of it is just ads versus announcements, and it's a fine line. But it's, if it's advertising stuff we already know about and all that stuff, it's not very engaging, and that's what most of the last shows have been. So yeah, it's hard to get a read on it, and if it's actually anything worthwhile, or if it's going to be kind of just old news or pretty minor announcements it's pretty much just a big marketing campaign for this stuff well not not a fact-based show as you love to say and it's absolutely true because um, i think keely's kind of been out jeff keely that is the the host and organizer of summer game fest has kind of been out trying to put out some statements being like don't expect the world like it's it's pandemic times so like i think he's happy to take like you were saying the advert advertising money from people to make this kind of spectacle but it's not going to amount too much so it's that fine line yeah. of kind of like balancing expectations and wanting to like pocket money because e3 decided to pull out of anything this year um so good on them i guess that's what you do uh and finally i think we've talked about this a little bit but we'll get into it because kind of like the last big one of uh this period is going to be on the 13th of june at three in the morning so uh set your alarms accordingly it's the xbox and bethesda game showcase and hopefully something is announced for this year because otherwise oof has to be sure yeah i think so Um, (laughs) but we don't know what (laughs) i know pretty much everyone said it's going to be a 90 minute show and the next book said maybe it won't be but like it will be that's what they always do around that time but with bethesda now thrown in it's actually probably less than what they normally do because they've got all their stuff as well and they used to have their own show of course at e3 so um i think it'll be pretty tight i hope there's not too much talking like, we've always had so much executive banter. We don't need any of that. And I know Xbox tried to make it fun, um, but it's never fun. It's always just awkward. Like, let's get some pizza or what, none of that. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Like, I'm happy to hear from Phil for a little bit. I'm happy to hear from Sarah Bond and Matt Booty a little bit. But, like, two minutes each um, and then just games, games, games. Like, that's what they need to do. That's what effectively Nintendo and Sony have done for ages now. And it's way better to watch. So, yeah. Um, inside Xbox failed because they were just too awkward and too chatty um, and I hope they've learned from that and it's just straight to the point here's our stuff especially because as far as we know they have nothing so if they opened whatever whatever they open with needs to be strong it needs to be a here's something out this year whether that's even if it is just this long awaited lost hidden golden eye remaster at least it's out this year I'll take that you really you really want that Ben don't you I think that's all they have <laughs> Maybe, um, maybe Forza. I think they have got Forza Motorsport. Oh yeah, they'll they'll be a car. They'll like even though no one's there, they'll be like a car on the stage. Like ooh, a car. Like oh wow. Um, things I don't want to see. Like I don't want a five minute montage of like 
uh, Halo on Paramount Plus season two. Um, if they're going to yeah. announce like another, I don't know, Fable on Netflix or whatever it's going to be, like sure, but like keep it keep it short. I don't. I'd rather learn about Fable from Playground Games that you know you've announced, but we've not seen anything from. Um, yeah. I don't want the like really huge deep dives that Bethesda was doing because they just needed to fill time in their own presentation. Like I don't need to see Starfield for a half an hour. I don't need to see it for 15 minutes. Like I just want like a tight five maybe of gameplay. Like it doesn't have to be over the top. Just like know what you're doing. Um, and hopefully Xbox and Bethesda can deliver. Anything else yeah. uh, from the Summer Games Fest that you wanted to talk about before we keep going? I think that's about it. Basically, it's very similar to last year. It's Xbox doing all the heavy lifting. And we talked on this very show about how great the Xbox um, Naughty 3 showcase was last year. And then a year later, they've actually released like none of that stuff, essentially. Um, so probably need to remember that. And let's get some games which are actually coming out to be announced. Indeed. Uh, head to the site for a list of all E3 replacement live streams in Australian Times. And... Uh, Let's see how we go with this. I, I've played a bunch of it. I don't know if you have. In our only game that we've played this week that we're going to talk about, uh, I thought we'd focus on Ubisoft's Roller Champions, a free-to-play mm. kind of roller derby-style game. How, how much have you been able to play? Uh, I, I played a few rounds, but I also played a bunch at E3 2019. I think that's how old this game is, like in a closed environment with people forced to do teamwork because you're told what to do, essentially. And that was a fun way to play it, but I... It doesn't really translate to that in real life. Well, yeah, it's so... I think a lot of the problem is there's no incentive to be a team player. And just to quickly like get mm. people across what needs to happen, it's it's three versus three uh, on a, a oval pitch, and you basically just have to go around a lap once to get the opportunity to score a goal. If you go around the lap twice, you get a three-goal opportunity. If you go around the lap three times, you get a five-goal opportunity to get the goal, you have to shoot a ball through a hoop that opens up once you've made sufficient lap. Yeah. Um, so, like, simple in practice, but, like, just in nightmare in theory, because everyone wants to be a lone wolf and no one wants to, like, play as a team. And the problem that I have, especially, is that all of the challenges and, like, sponsorships right now are basically trying to encourage people to score goals and, like, be the hero. And you're never going to get a ball around a circle fighting another team unless you work together. Um, so that's kind of my issue with it. The, the bigger issue, I think, and I know that you've encountered it, is that the connectivity right now is just atrocious. Like, it takes three or four times to get into the game, let alone, like, 30 seconds to five minutes to find a game. Um, yeah. And then I've had disconnects during mid-games. And I think, like, you put up a clip on Twitter. Uh, did that end up as, like, a disconnect? or did it just, I was like, a disconnect. Yeah. So before I disconnected, I got stuck just kind of rollerblading in place, essentially, and rubber banding across the, the stadium and then it disconnected so not great um and it does try to match you with people of your skill level or something like that so i was always playing with other recruits which is good in purpose in practice um but like when you actually dig down into that deeper like the other people didn't know what to do i only knew because i'd played it years ago and it kind of came back to me and people don't really pay attention in tutorials as it turns out so like i scored in the game that we won we won we only got four goals in the end and timed out and i scored all four of those one at a time because i tried to pass to people but then they would just randomly throw the ball away and so i got to a point where i was like hell with this i'll just score and the other team didn't seem to know what to do that was the very first game i played i thought i'm great at this game 
Uh, and then, of course, you move up to people who are more in tune with how you play. And that's when the kind of that selfish style, which is what I was doing because I kind of gave up on my teammates, um, comes into it. So it's, it's hard to get that balance. I don't think I'm old. Well, I am old, but I don't think I'm reflex old as yet. And I, I've asked Ubisoft a whole bunch of questions about connectivity and like where servers are. I Some games are just like perfect and like everyone seems on the same page and like nothing feels cheap but then there are other games where i'm just like i go to hit people and i just go straight through them and i'm like oh okay well maybe i missed and then other games where like it just seems like the other team is maybe like half a second ahead of me and like just know when they can hit me and it just it doesn't feel right but then like the other weird thing is when everything is gelling and you're working with the team that knows what they're doing and wanting to play together like it can be the most fun experience that you've ever had like it's this weird I don't know. Like, I don't know how you fix that even. Like, if it's just balancing, if it's better matchmaking. When I'm waiting five minutes for a game, is it literally because there's no one playing that's, like, sort of at my own skill level? Like, I, I don't have the answers. Um, it's a free-to-play game, which that's, like, good, I guess, because people will play. But it's a free-to-play game that, again... Good and bad. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think it, it should be free-to-play, but it also it somewhat... Uh, incentivized me to kind of stop playing essentially like I didn't have that much fun with it didn't pay anything for this it's like a games pass game so you you kind of just fall off it and that's why it takes half an hour to find a game now yeah well yeah Um, I think I got up to 47 minutes this morning when I was because I like I just turned it on when I was doing work and I'm like we'll see what happens like maybe I'll get a game it was 47 minutes before I just went okay I'm just I'm shutting this off because knowing me it'll like match me up in two minutes and I won't caring anymore and then some poor schlub like has to play with an afk person uh so uh that's world of champions uh it is free to play check it out if you want it's on all major platforms including switch uh things that we're not going to talk about but we have played the list is plentiful because it is that kind of time of the year so head to survivor if you want to look at uh previews or reviews depending for match point tennis championships Mario Strikers Battle League Football, that's my preview, and I'm imagining there's a review coming from someone that I know that might be on the show sooner than Could later. Be. I don't know. Uh, the Quarry, which is 2, uh, 2K and Supermassive's uh, horror game, which I'm actually quite excited for. It's like very Until Dawn. It's not Dark Pictures, so get on that. Multiverses, which is Warner Brothers brand arena fighter. Uh, Sniper Elite 5, which is on Game Pass, if you're so inclined. And these things that I'm wearing on my head, the SteelSeries Arctic Nova wireless headset, fo- headphone things, these things, whatever. It's They're great. I love them. Um, if you want to really delve into my weird setup at my desk and figure out all the uses I have for it and how it delivers, read it. Anyway, done. Uh, ben, news. I know your thoughts on this, but tell the world, uh, the Xbox will finally let you see what a secret achievement actually details without having to go to, like, trueachievements.com. Excellent news. I can't believe this (laughs) didn't come with, like, the Xbox One launch. It should have happened 10 years ago. But, yeah, glad it's here now. Like, PlayStation's had this for ages, and there's no issue with it. If you don't want to know and you want to keep it secret because whatever you like your achievements to surprise you. If it's a story um, spoiler, as an example. Yeah. And they're often not, even when it says it's a spoiler, it's like very vague anyway. Um, you can keep them hidden. So it's it's good to have the option. Makes sense. Drip achievements has been kind of a godsend in that way that you can always look there. You can uh, reveal them there. They can either be secret or displayed. Um, but it's so much easier just to go on your, your dash and see what it is in the game. 
Oh, especially like, because if I'm if I'm mopping up achievements in a game, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of know what the list is like, uh, but I forget which one it is. Or sometimes like the secret yeah. achievements have trackers, and you're like, well, I don't know if that's like kill ten guys or get ten collectibles. So like, it kind of helps you figure out where you're at with something without having to do all the extra legwork. Yeah, like something yeah. that PlayStation's had for years, and it's just a, a nice. Time. It's like a really simple thing, but a really nice simple thing to have. Next, they should work on the trackers. So it's some games perfect, and some games is like get a hundred kills and just nothing until you unlock it. So work on that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like it should be mandatory if you have those kind of things in, or just turn yeah. it off. Like I'd rather just have it uniform across the board. Uh, sticking to theme, PlayStation One classics, in part at least, will get trophy support. Uh, Siphon Filter is one of the titles that are uh, confirmed for this, uh, and sort of related, Dino Crisis. Uh, the game that Capcom is not remaking, though, is drawing heavily from in terms of inspiration on that weird multiplayer dinosaur game that no one cares about, uh, is likely going to be a play- PlayStation 1 Classic released back into the ecosystem. Uh, the PlayStation Hong Kong website has a picture of Regina, or Regina, Regina, I'm sorry, that's my Canadian is showing, uh, <laughs> the protagonist of the franchise. Um, what do you think about either of those little tidbits when it comes to PlayStation 1 Classics? Uh, well, it makes it more interesting to play a game that's had that stuff added into it. It would be great if they could do it for Xbox originals, but I don't think they can with how back compat works there. So I'm glad Tony's doing that, but I wish they would get the emulation better because they're running with the PAL versions, which don't work well with your TV, and they, there's loads of videos out there of how bad all these games look. Yeah. Um, and they just they don't play at the right frame rate. So I wish they would focus more on that stuff and getting good quality versions of these games if they're going to have them. And I think we talked last episode about how bad the list is. There's very yeah. few games available at launch. So work on that stuff more than trophies is what I would say. Um, but they did wind back. What was the issue that we had last time? To do with the the pricing. So if you'd bought your uh, PlayStation Plus while it was on sale, they were making people in Asia repay that sale price and then pay the upgrade fee. Um, they said that was a mistake and that you shouldn't need to repay that because I've Never heard of anyone sell you something on on a sale and then said later, actually, can you pay us back that discount that we gave you because we would like that. Kind of like if you if you bought a game, you know, for 80 bucks from JB instead of 110 and then you wanted to buy the DLC six months later and they said, well, you've got to pay us that $30 first and then we'll let you buy the DLC. That wouldn't fly. So yeah, well, Sony um, flagged it as a technical error and I personally would flag that as a technical error that we got caught out on, hence it being called yeah. a technical error. But hey, that's, uh, points for trying. Yeah. Uh, things we know nothing about, Ben, kind of, have been uh, announced. I guess we know things about this that we could assume. But the first being uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the remake, uh, which will follow the Modern Warfare 1 remake, uh, has been officially announced by Activision Blizzard and Infinity Ward and is due out on the 28th of October. Uh, it's like a redo of first one which will follow the remake of the first one which is not like one to one in terms of plot i guess but like we kind of know what it's gonna be so there's not really a word for this like it's we've already had remasters of modern warfare one and two um it's not really a remake but it kind of is like a redoing because it's i don't think it's we don't really know anything about this game but like the first one wasn't the first Modern Warfare, it was just the same kind of time frame and like you had price in it. Yeah, general um, like characters are the same, sort of same themes, but like different narrative. Different, yeah, they've 
very annoying naming convention because now you're going to have two Modern Warfare 2s that you can reasonably play on your current-gen consoles because Modern Warfare 2 Remastered is not that old. Uh, so, yeah, kind of annoying, but excited to see it because it's definitely been the best card of the last few years. Uh, Modern Warfare 1 still stands above Black Ops, Cold War, and Vanguard. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what they do with proper current-gen hardware. Yeah, well, hopefully we find out more in the weeks or months to come uh the next announcement is star wars jedi survivor because the colon placement in there is really important uh long known to exist but only confirmed this week uh Mm. it's coming out in 2023 on current gen consoles and pc only uh which is good and um like we know nothing about it apart from it's a sequel to star wars jedi fallen order um i'm super excited i I love that game and i'm keen to keep following cal kestis what about you I'm yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'm glad that Respawn gets another crack at a single-player game because for a while there, Star Wars was going very multiplayer only, and they kind of got the one single-player focus game, and it was the best of the bunch. So glad they get another chance, um, and I'm also very glad it's current gen only because it's a bit of a sign that we're maybe starting this generation properly next year, so three years after the console that actually came out. Uh, ignore that rumor from TLC, TCL, whatever they're called, the TV manufacturer who said that. PS4, PS5 Pro, and Xbox Series X, X, I guess, um, coming out in 23 or 24. That is nonsense. They're just trying to sell you 8K TVs. They can't even. They can't even make chips for the current set. They're not going to start yeah. a new skew. That's yeah. No, not a chance. And there's there's no need. The reason there was a Pro and an X last gen is because 4K TVs came in and they became super mainstream. That's not going to happen with 8K TVs. So there's no need to do it. Um, and Xbox had the secondary reason to do it because they were way behind in sales and the whole thing had always been we have the most powerful and the best console and they didn't last yet. They had the worst console. So they kind of had to course correct halfway through. They don't have to do that now. So there's really no reason to even have a pro this generation. Yeah. Like we're we're pretty we're on the, the technology curve right now. There's there's been a revision of the PS five which has changed some internals, but like a, the, yeah, they're they're not gonna be able to give you something No. Well, they're not gonna be able to give you something that's high tech and like at a cost you're willing to pay for like let's say it like let's put it that way um i'm i'm, I'm keen for it uh i'm i'm actually kind of keen i'm almost wanting to go back into fallen order itself because i think i played on one of the easier settings because difficulty didn't matter and it was like kind of being compared to a souls game in the star wars universe and i didn't yeah. like souls games at the time so i think i played pretty easy and like just wanted to go for the story and now that i've you know, gone through Elden Ring, mind. and now that you've gone out through Elden Ring, congratulations on a thousand gamer score. Um, oh, yeah. I'm kind of keen to maybe bump up the difficulty and see how I go. Maybe. Yeah, well, it does have a current gen patch, so there's, I guess it runs in a higher frame rate or something. Not a fact based show, uh, but worth revisiting potentially. Yeah, uh, that's the news. There's going to be a lot more, like I said, because it's well, hopefully because it's Summer Game Fest, so we'll. Uh, We'll let you know when we come back and we'll cover it all. Uh, but we can't we can't finish our 200th episode, Ben, without our regular segment, This Fortnite in Delays. Um, I think people are learning not to delay games because they're not announcing games. Uh, it's pretty mm. light this week. We have the Quarry multiplayer is delayed until oh, June no. 2022. The game itself comes out in June, uh, but you can't go online and play with a friend until... A month later which kind of wrecked my plan i was really excited about the quarry and i know you're kind of into the supermassive games i was trying to see if we could tee up um playing together for a potential review who knows uh but i don't think that's going to happen unless i fly to adelaide 
or you come to me and uh, no one has time for that in the, the next week so that's a bit much so we'll put that on the list of the multiplayer games we couldn't play we had halo which we still <laughs> haven't played now we've got this uh we could try a sniper like that's apparently quite good in co-op so i haven't tried that well <laughs> there's an achievement for joining someone else's game as like an antagonist and killing them and i literally joined a game and the person like shot something too close to them that was explodable and died from the oh, explosion so i instantly got the achievement it was fantastic um but i could at least maybe liaise with you to get you that one easily you can shoot me i can oh, shoot okay. a barrel we'll see how it goes it'll be great uh before we wrap up this episode, anything else you wanted to add? Where can we find you on the internet, Ben Salter? I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. And yes, it's been a fantastic 200 episodes. He is hoping for at least one more uh, and potentially more after that. We'll never know. I like your idea of trying to do like a proper 10th anniversary with, with more people where I have yeah. 17 fail saves. So if we do it, I record it and it's not lost to time. Yeah. In person, the old way we used to do it, everyone around like a table with uh, fancy microphones or whatever we've got. We can, yeah. Oh, no, those are gone. I got rid of them. I, I need Not necessarily those ones. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, I'm S right on the internet, and you can find us both, obviously, uh, and probably in, in more frequency, especially Ben, uh, in the next couple of weeks on Survivor.com. Thanks for joining us. I should say goodbye. Goodbye. I thought you were going to say goodbye. You say goodbye. I know. Just cut it there. That's a good spot to cut. <laughs>